Donald Trump was named Time's Person of the Year. What? Unless, unless Jill Stein demands a recount. Do it. Do it, Jill. I'll well, donate. I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. No, I'm not. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM People Powered Radio in LA. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast and 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI, we will be talking about Pennsylvania in a moment. 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui out in Hawaii. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1 FM. In Palinville, New York on 102.9 FM WLPP. And up in Bellingham, Washington on KZAX 94.9 FM. A long overdue welcome to the folks up in Bellingham. And uh, in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We're also streaming coast to coast and around the globe on the Progressive Voices channel on Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik, blanketing planet Earth five days a week. You would think those uh, people on planet Earth would be a hell of a lot smarter by now than they uh, than they seem to be behaving. But uh, in any event, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, As we continue, yes, we continue to cover what we are euphemistically calling Recount 2016. That, despite the uh, the court uh, ruling and federal court concerning Michigan yesterday, much, much more on that in a moment. It's rather incredible, to be frank. We have a presidential a presidential election decided by just about 80,000 votes across three different states out of some 15 million uh, votes tallied in those three states. Three states that have gone to Democrats for years and years, three states which uh, their exit polls and their pre-election polling all showed that Hillary Clinton was going to win. But just uh, 80,000 votes across those three states, uh, which actually means if just 40,000 votes were incorrectly tallied by the voting systems in those three states, or if they were incorrectly tallied for Trump instead of Clinton, and if we, the people, were allowed to find out as much either way, well, she might be regarded right now as the president-elect, not him. Now, you would think that would be important to confirm one way or another, to verify one way or another, for the citizenry to know for certain one way or another, even if Donald Trump wasn't such a wildly unqualified uh person for the job, uh, and if even if it wasn't such a surprise uh, flip of those three states and some others, but you would think 
that it would be important for everyone in America, for the press, for the courts, for the governments, for the elected officials to know one way or another whether the results were accurately recorded. But despite an unprecedented multi-state, again, euphemistically described recount that has been filed in three separate states by the Green Party's Jill Stein, with more than $7 million raised by citizens to pay for the counting. And that's, uh, that's, that's, twi- that's more than twice that, that uh, presidential candidate Jill Stein actually raised for her entire campaign. That's how many citizens are interested. Uh, I think it was about $45 uh, average each of their donations. That's how many people are interested in knowing who actually won or lost this election. Now, as I mentioned, so far with a federal court ruling last night uh, to shut down the hand counting of paper ballots in Michigan, which we'll get to in in a little bit here, we've got a tiny, a, a, a tiny, a partial hand count of paper ballots in the state of Michigan. We've got where where the margin was just about 10,000 votes out of some five million cast, a a tiny percent, less than one tenth of one percent in Michigan. So we have a partial hand count there. We have a partial hand count in Wisconsin, where the media has reported little change in the count so far. But of course, the majority of the paper ballots are being simply retallied in Wisconsin by the same computers that tallied them in the first place, which folks on the ground are describing the, that, that uh, tallying, that computer retelling uh, as a joke, as a farce. And frankly, they used harsher words, uh, some of the sources I've heard from, but I can't share them on air. So that's Michigan and Wisconsin and almost nothing at all counted in Pennsylvania, where there is almost nothing to actually count, thanks to the 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting systems used there. And so far, election officials and the courts stopping Jill Stein from receiving the uh, the the computer forensic analysis that she has sought to find out if there was any kind of tampering, any kind of errors or anything else. She filed another court suit today, which we'll get to in a moment. But, you know, for all the people who say, you know, hey, if if you got paper ballots, you'll be fine. If there's any question about the results, we can always go back and check them. No, we can't. No, we can't. And we've got three states here, three key states uh, that that flipped, that gave the election reportedly to Donald Trump, that have never given it to uh, that haven't given their votes to Donald Trump. I'm sorry, to Republicans for decades and decades. And yet the fight to even find out if the votes were recorded accurately is being stymied in almost every front. The Trump campaign does not want these ballots counted. Republican election officials and Democratic election officials are going along with him trying to keep these counts from happening. In any event, we'll get to the latest details and the outrageous and legal cases uh, (laughs) that are still underway. But all of it underscores what my guest yesterday on the program, Paul Leto, said, echoing something that we've been saying here for years. We've got to get it right on election night. There is there is no post-election recount option. There is no post-election audit option. We need the only time you can find this out is on election night. The public needs to know on election night that votes are accurately tabulated 
uh, because it will be virtually impossible to do uh, to do thereafter. As I think our reporting over the last two weeks on this issue has shown and as it will uh, sadly show once again today. Uh, anyway, more on all of these unbelievable hot messes in a moment. But speaking of uh, unbelievable hot messes, Desi Doyen, <laughs> how are you today? You don't mean me. No, no, I don't actually mean you. I do mean you. And the Green News Report will yeah. be uh, coming uh, a little bit later with the details on Trump, uh, Donald Trump picking a climate science denier and a fossil fuel industry tool to head up the... U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, yep. which is just one of the reasons why all of this is so important. Uh, actually, a lot, uh, a lot of news uh, to cover in the uh, in the Green News report today, including another oil spill. This one just up the road from the Dakota Access Pipeline in uh, North Dakota, where they've been fighting to keep that pipeline from being built because they're afraid of exactly what happened. Just up the road yesterday in it's, uh, in it's North Dakota. It's almost like the oil industry can't help themselves. Oh no, they can't help themselves. <laughs> they cannot. They help cannot. There's a, there's no question about that. No matter how hard they try. Uh, on Donald Trump's nomination, by the way, of Oklahoma Attorney General Scott Pruitt uh, as EPA chief, uh, we'll have that in our Green News report. But Garvin Isaacs. Uh, president of the Oklahoma Bar Association told Jane Mayer of The New Yorker yesterday, quote, it's the worst thing in the history of our environment. We are in danger, he said. The whole country is in danger. Our kids are in danger. People have got to do something about the Citizens United decision that is turning our country into an oligarchy, turning, turning it in, turning our country into an oligarchy run by oil and gas interests, he said. Uh, yeah, we are in danger. Speaking of which, the Arctic air temperatures are set to hit 35 to 55 degrees Fahrenheit above average. When? By the end of the century? No, by Thursday. <laughs> Literally, yes. by Thursday. Is that a problem, Desi Doyen? Should that be a concern? You know, if Donald Trump doesn't tweet about it, then I guess it's not a problem for anybody. Oh, yes, good. of course it's Thank a God. problem. I oh. was... Oh, it, it, is? it is definitely a problem because when you have this heat wave in the Arctic, it actually displaces weather systems around the entire northern hemisphere. So all those people, especially those climate deniers that are going to be complaining about how cold it is and the weather is just terrible and it's no global Down warming. here in the Down continental here. U.S. where it's going to get really, really cold at the same time that it's getting really, really hot up in the Arctic. Exactly. Yeah. Because the heat in the Arctic displaces those weather systems. It displaces the jet stream. It displaces the polar vortex and causes it to spill out and go into other places in the northern hemisphere like the United States. So we're going to get the Arctic air right. down here. And they're going to get our air that we should be getting right and now. And they'll be reporting it on Fox News that, uh, oh yeah, so much for global warming, Al Gore. You and I, Desi, we were talking last night that it is likely that Fox News and somebody, I hope, I hope Media Matters or somebody does a study on this, but it is likely that Fox News covers global warming more than CNN, more than MSNBC, more than the networks. Now, when Fox News covers it, they lie about it. They cover it wrong. Their coverage is inaccurate. Their coverage is a lie. But they talk about it all the time. They produce that drumbeat of information, in their case, false information, 
But they produce that drumbeat of information that moves uh, the minds of Americans, that makes them understand this particular issue, and in the case of Fox, understand it completely incorrectly. Right, but it's that repetition that gets into people's heads, and hey, you know, if CNN or MSNBC or NBC or ABC covered climate change even one-third as much— Correctly, of course, one hopes that the American public would have a better sense of just how much how many impacts we are we are uh, having heading toward us. If CBS uh, Face the Nation or CBS Sunday Morning News, whatever they call that thing, if they just devoted three minutes every week to the issues that you cover in your drumbeat of the Green News Report for now, I think, about eight years, if they just provided that much information to the American people, they would understand what is at stake and how troubling all of this is. But they don't. And so it's so easy to say, ah, yeah, global warming, ah, maybe something will happen by the end of the century. I'll be dead anyway. Yeah, it's happening now. It's It's happening happening now, and it's going to in the Arctic, and we've got a record low global sea ice. You'll talk about that in the in the GNR as well coming up. All right, um, Adam at uh, at in comments at bradblog.com writes, I had hopes that Jill Stein's recount would force some actual democracy into U.S. elections. However, the way her efforts are being portrayed by the news media is both disparaging and inaccurate. Instead of protesting Donald Trump, he says, Americans should be on the streets protesting the use of electronic vote tabulation systems during elections and demanding that elections be conducted with paper ballots hand counted. They should be protesting the mainstream media's lack of coverage of these attacks against democracy. I agree with Adam. It's important, obviously, to uh, to to protest against the outrages of Donald Trump. It's important to cover any of those uh, protests, etc. But the fact that the American people do not understand how obscene this system is, how uh, how unbelievably difficult it is to get proper citizen to get any citizen oversight of our election system is a remarkable failure amongst the mainstream corporate media. And that's uh, that's saying quite a bit because they have been failing this nation for at least uh, the past decade or two. But they have uh, found new ways to to fail it in the way they are covering or I should say not covering the attempt to find out who actually won the goddamn 2016 presidential election. Just one example. Here's uh, Kate in Bucks County. Pennsylvania. This is an email that was received by the Stein campaign. They posted it on their uh, on their website, Jill2016.com. Kate says, uh, I am the polling constable at Middleton uh, Township, lower number five. I have been in this position. This is in uh, Bucks County, Pennsylvania. I have been in this position for seven and a half years. This year, there was a problem at the end of the night. We closed the two machines, as we always have done. The number of machine uh, the number of machine votes was one less than our book total, which we attributed to a fleeing voter. In other words, someone who decided not to cast their vote after all. So they knew they were going to be one uh, one off, one ballot off when they totaled uh, when they printed out the tapes at the end of the night on the voting systems there. She says when we closed uh, one of the machines, it increased by ten votes. I have never seen anything like it, she said. It was reported to the county, and she adds, if this happened all over the state, well, 
dot, dot, dot. Um, we don't know what happened all over the state in Pennsylvania. We are not allowed to find out what happened in uh, in Pennsylvania. In most cases, we can't find out what happened in Pennsylvania because they use 100% unverifiable touchscreen voting systems to vote in most of the state. And the attempts so far by thousands of voters, thanks to the ridiculous system that is required uh, to get any kind of oversight, any kind of count at all in Pennsylvania, has has kept uh, kept us from finding out what actually uh, went on in Pennsylvania, including attempts by the Stein campaign and by voters, again, thousands across the state, to try and have a forensic analysis of the electronic voting systems as computer uh, science experts and voting systems experts have been begging for. Yesterday, Jill Stein was turned down for uh, such a... Um, such an analysis in Philadelphia County by a, a Philadelphia court. And now with just days before Allegheny County, that's Pittsburgh, must certify the result of the 2016 presidential election. Jill Stein is again demanding to examine the electronic voting machines used there in Pittsburgh, according to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette today. Candidates have a right to examine voting machines in Pennsylvania, the campaign argued. In a filing on Wednesday in Allegheny County Common Pleas Court and quote, the Board of Elections improperly denied Dr. Stein the ability to exercise that right by refusing her request to have experts determine whether they were working pro properly and whether they had not been tampered with. It was not clear as of Wednesday night when a hearing might be held on that matter. The paper points out that time is now short. Allegheny County is set to certify its results on December 12. That is next Monday, just days away. Pennsylvania must certify state returns the following day to meet the uh, December 13th safe harbor date that is uh, uh, required by federal law. The local dispute in Pennsylvania, the paper says, uh, began uh, in late November when more than 300 Allegheny County residents p petitioned to retabulate the results compiled by voting machines in their districts. They have to do it precinct by precinct. Three voters in each precinct have to go and get a notarized uh, affidavit. Then they have to pay $50, and then they have to ask for the uh, machines to be counted and for an analysis to be done of the machines. They also sought, other than asking for a retabulation of those, uh, of those voting systems, they also sought to have the machines examined for signs of hacking, a rising concern this year, the paper notes, in light of widely reported hacks of Democratic Party emails and state voter registration databases. You may have heard something about that. The county fulfilled the requests in 52 precincts, 52 county precincts, mostly concentrated in Pittsburgh, at least as far as retabulating the votes. On Monday morning this week, officials conducted a, what they call a re-canvas in which they compared the numbers stored on the voting machine memory cards with the results that were reported on election night. The numbers that were printed out by those same voting, memory, uh, voting machine memory cards. You'll be shocked to learn that review turned up no inconsistencies. Yes, when you hit print twice of the same data, it prints the same data the same way twice. So but, the printer works. Oh, yeah, there you go. There's that. See, always finding the uh, bright side, Desi Doyen. <laughs> 
County officials, however, resisted the calls to submit the machines themselves to an analysis, arguing that Election Day uh, Election Division already verifies the programming of 20 randomly selected machines in Pittsburgh. That out of more than 4,000 in use. So they don't, there's no re- reason to do this. They've already looked at 20 of the 4,000 machines used. They found no problem. They tell us to trust that they found no problem, by the way. We didn't do that analysis. The public did not do that analysis. And to my knowledge, no one has done any kind of analysis of the central tabulator itself, the easiest place to game these systems, to manipulate them either by insider election officials or uh, outside hackers. I've been talking for the past week or two about Venango County. The one time we did get a, a forensic analysis of a voting system in uh, in Pennsylvania. It's the only one, to my knowledge, that has actually been done by computer scientists. And they found that the central tabulator had been accessed by an unknown computer for hours at a time on multiple occasions. We reported that. Exclusively, I think, back in 2011 at bradblog.com. No one else did, and they are still using the same voting systems now. We have the documents, by the way. The, that analysis that the uh, voting machine company, ESNS, had tried desperately, had threatened these computer scientists if they dared to do this analysis and if they dared to release that data. Well, we released the data. Sue us. Alina Keebler, a Point Breeze recount supporter in Pittsburgh, said, I'm disappointed that they didn't actually verify the accuracy of the machines. All they did was see if the number of votes coincided with the earlier returns. Prior to Monday's canvas, uh, Stein, Jill Stein attorney Doug Lieb, Douglas Lieb emailed the county saying the Stein campaign would pay, they would pay to conduct similar post-election testing on more voting machines than just those 20. Election division's attorney uh, Alan uh, Opsitnik rejected that offer in a letter the following day, noting that after a December 2nd court hearing on the recount, the common pleas judge had not ordered such a test. So why should they do one? Wednesday's filing now asked the judge to do just that, arguing that the state election code gives candidates the right to examine the machines. For electronic machines, an examination involves examining its software, removable media, and electronic management system. That is, that is basically how the machine works, the complaint argues. Recount supporters and some computer scientists worry that machines don't retain a paper record of voters' choice. Well, they don't worry. Uh, they know that they don't retain a paper record of voters' choices. Uh, on the machines like those used in Allegheny County and that those machines are especially vulnerable to hacking. The Stein camp has made similar arguments in Philadelphia where voters also use paperless machines. And uh, Philadelphia uh, Common Pleas Court uh, rejected that suit yesterday. Judge Fletman in that case noted that the state legislature allowed electronic voting machines in 1980 and quote they could have provided candidates with unbridled rights to examine electronic voting systems before during and after elections but the legislature did not and has not the court would not therefore do so either especially quote when as in this case there is absolutely no evidence of any voting irregularities I hate when they use the word voting irregularities because the question is not the voters. The voters are doing fine. The voters are not irregular. 
The question is election and tabulation uh, irregularities. And how can you find out if there are election irregularities unless you actually look? Well, they say there is no absolutely no evidence. Don't know where that evidence would come from if they don't let them look at the existing evidence in any way, shape or form. And that's exactly what they're doing up in Michigan, by the way. I know we got to get out to a break here, but very quickly, uh, the difference in uh, I'm sorry, did I say Michigan? I meant Wisconsin. Uh, The difference in Wisconsin in the margin between Trump and Clinton, as you know, I hope you know, is uh, about twenty two thousand votes, a little bit more than point than 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 uh, seven tenths of one percent. And yet, uh, as uh, observers note on the ground, uh, the the Wisconsin recount is headed for disaster, but there is still a chance to save it. We need a federal lawsuit requiring a hand count of all paper ballots that, according to Chris Souter and Jake Schlachter in Medium today, Uh, They note that uh, 47 of Wisconsin's 72 counties chose the faster and more reliable method of hand counting the ballots. They note that contrary to popular belief, recounting a single race is faster by hand when ballots can be easily sorted and stacked and then counted. That's faster than it is to feed thousands of ballots through the machines one at a time. But that means that 25 counties are using the same unreliable machines for their recounts as on election night. 25 of the uh, biggest, by the way, uh, most Democratic-leaning counties, for the most part, are just rerunning those same paper ballots through the same optical scan computers in Wisconsin again. They're calling for a federal lawsuit in Wisconsin uh, to order a statewide hand count. Uh, My sources tell me that may actually happen by the end of this week. The recount in Wisconsin, um, uh, Souter and Schlachter write at Medium, uh, can't be allowed to proceed as a farce. A federal lawsuit to force all counties to hand count their ballots should be filed at once. They say uncertainty about our voting system's exposure to hacking is poisonous to democracy, especially in an upset election like this. The most urgent issue in America right now is to be able to confirm that every vote was counted fairly, accurately and honestly. And if not, for patriotic Americans to raise bloody hell about it. That's exactly what we're doing here on the broadcast, raising bloody hell. Thank you for joining us in uh, in, in in raising that hell. Uh, as they uh, as as the farce, frankly, continues now in Michigan, which I will cover after this break. I'm Brad Friedman, raising bloody hell. This is the broadcast. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad. Remember me, the guy who was warning you about Donald Trump from the day he entered the race, when the rest of the U.S. media were telling you his candidacy was a joke, that he'd never win, and that Hillary Clinton had it in the bag. We told you otherwise from the beginning and up until Election Day. Well, we may have been right, but we still don't have corporate or foundational support. We still rely on you to stay on your public airwaves. Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate to support the work that Desi Doyen and I do every day. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And 
Thank you. Actually, uh, stop in the name of Donald Trump. Stop counting ballots in the state of Michigan in the name of Donald Trump. As now uh, required, or I should say at least allowed by a federal judge as of Wednesday, this was the decision we told you about that was likely coming yesterday. Uh, we were waiting for the, the ruling to come down in, uh, in federal U.S. District Federal Court during yesterday's program. Uh, but we assumed that this was uh, likely to come. It now has U.S. District Judge Mark Goldsmith uh, on Wednesday night uh, said that Stein had failed to show that she was an aggrieved candidate, that Jill Stein had failed to show that she was an aggrieved candidate as defined by state Michigan state law and therefore that she was not entitled to a recount. Judge Goldsmith concluded that Stein's request to test the election system's vulnerability through this uh, attempted hand count of Michigan's paper ballots, that the um, that that request to test the vulnerability lacked evidence. Sound familiar, Desi Doyen? That's <laughs> just what we were discussing. In, yep, just what we were discussing in uh, in Pennsylvania in the previous segment. Stein attorneys uh, said in a statement that they were deeply disappointed by the judge's ruling, but said we are not backing down from this fight. Instead, they chastised Trump for fighting the recount. Uh, backed by Michigan Republicans, Donald Trump. Uh, who himself has repeated, uh, repeatedly alleged widespread voter fraud and a rigged election, suddenly sees no need for routine, routine verification of the democratic process in Michigan. And in that case, we're not even talking about a, a forensic computer analysis. We're just talking about counting the goddamn ballots. Uh, they said Trump's efforts to suppress the vote count is a stunning about face, even by Trump's own standards. Michigan Republican Party Chair Ronna Romney McDaniel welcomed the federal judge's ruling, saying this is a victory for the taxpayers and voters of Michigan. It is a victory that we will never know who actually won out of 5 million votes cast at 10,000 vote margin. We will never actually know who won the state of Michigan for certain. Therefore, that is a victory, says the chair of the Republican Party in the state. The attorney general in the state, Bill Schutte, uh, who has been trying desperately to stop ballots from being counted in the state of Michigan, said uh, in a huge victory for Michigan taxpayers and the rule of law, this recount is stopped. Our state of Michigan judicial system and the state board of canvassers protected, protected Michigan taxpayers from a frivolous recount that would have cost millions of more tax dollars a day, he said. The Stein camp in a uh, in a press release uh, issued uh, late today, so I haven't been able to confirm any of this. But uh, they say that there have been uh, that there are now protests. Outraged uh, voters are now uh, demanding demanding that uh, votes in Michigan be counted. They're uh, gathering in front of the Supreme Court in Lansing to call for reforms to Michigan's broken voting system. And I'll let you know how broken that is in a moment. If you haven't been listening to our show so far. Uh, over the past several days, they're arguing that uh, numerous irregularities uncovered during the recount 
uh, provides significant evidence that voters in Michigan, particularly in communities of color, may have been massively disenfranchised. What is going on in Michigan is a national disgrace, said uh, Detroit resident Lou Novak, uh, a recount volunteer who spoke to supporters at the rally in Lansing this afternoon. The discrepancies we've discovered while counting votes thus far are precisely the reason we need a recount in the first place. We will not back down from this fight now, no matter what it takes. The Michigan Supreme Court must do its job and restart the recount. In fact, Jill Stein has filed in um, in the court, in Michigan Supreme Court, or has said she would, uh, an appeal there to the state court ruling, which determined earlier this week that she was not entitled to a vote at all, uh, to a recount at all, because she was not an aggrieved party in this matter. She was not an aggrieved candidate. She was too far behind to have any chance of possibly winning. Uh, the Stein uh, press release, release notes that in three days since the recount began, numerous irregularities and red flags surrounding the integrity of Michigan's elections have surfaced. Reports suggest that as many as half of Detroit's votes and many more in surrounding urban areas were ineligible for a recount due to an antiquated state law that says a precinct cannot be recounted if the poll book and the ballot number and the ballot numbers uh, fail to match. She also notes that it was revealed in Detroit alone. A shocking 87 voting machines, and they use optical scan voting machines, 87 voting machines broke on Election Day, many jamming when voters fed ballots into those optical scanners. That resulted in erroneous vote counts, and that means they those precincts in Detroit cannot be uh, counted today. We talked a lot about this, about these so-called unrecountable precincts uh, in Michigan uh, and I got more on that in a moment, but I want to uh, I want to look at very quickly the judge's order here. The U.S. District Judge, back to federal court here, uh, Judge Mark Goldsmith, in uh, in rejecting uh, Stein's uh, uh, comparison to Bush v. Gore in 2000, where the Stein camp argued, the Stein attorneys argued that federal courts have the right to overrule state court interpretation of state election law because they're saying. The state court got it wrong that they're using basically the wrong definition of the word aggrieved uh, to decide if a Stein is an aggrieved candidate in this case. But Judge Goldsmith said there is no basis for this this court, this federal court, to ignore Michigan courts uh, ruling and to make an independent judgment regarding what the Michigan legislature intended by the term aggrieved. He said he wrote that plaintiffs have not shown an entitlement to a recount under Michigan's statutory scheme. So you can blame Michigan's ridiculous statutory scheme. And it is ridiculous. The judge went on to write, uh, quote, there is no case law recognizing an independent federal right to a recount that either this court or the parties have come across in the absence of actual deprivation of voting rights. In other words, Voters were allowed to vote. They had their votes counted by something. That takes care of the uh, federal requirement. There is no uh, federal requirement that if somebody wants a recount, they can have one. Rather, uh, he writes, plaintiff's asserted right to a recount is just a restatement of her right to participate in a fair election, free from tampering or mistake. But to date, plaintiffs have not presented evidence of tampering or mistake. 
Instead, they present speculative claims going to the vulnerability of the voting machinery, but not actual injury. Finally, he concluded, uh, the uh, Judge Goldsmith concluded, the issues that plaintiffs raise are serious indeed. The vulnerability of our voting, of our system of voting poses the threat of a potentially devastating attack on the integrity of our election system. But invoking a court's aid to remedy that problem in the manner plaintiffs have chosen by seeking a recount as an audit of the election to test whether the vulnerability led to actual compromise of the voting system. He says that has never been endorsed by any court and would require at a minimum evidence, evidence again, of significant fraud or mistake and not speculative fear of them. But once again, how do you get that evidence if you're not allowed to look at the evidence? And they are not allowed to look at the evidence now that the counting has stopped. But even before it was uh, uh, stopped, they were not allowed to look at it in a whole bunch of precincts across the state. We'll get to that in a moment. But I just want to uh, give you some idea of the uh, of the responses here uh, from some of the computer scientists and the election uh, experts, election integrity experts and attorneys and so forth in response to the uh, to the stoppage of the counting in the state of Michigan. John Bonifaz, um, a longtime election integrity advocate, attorney. He's been on this show uh, throughout the years. Um, he said, it is an outrage that the voters of Michigan are being denied their right to have their votes properly counted because of a partisan state appeals court decision. And that uh, I should I didn't note, but that uh, three judge uh, appeals court uh, decision in Michigan, that was uh, three Republican judges. But so because of that uh, decision, Americans will never know the truth about what happened in this election, he says. But the fight for our democracy must go on now more than ever. History will record that at this critical moment, people across the country stood up to demand that we verify the vote. Doug jo Douglas Jones, associate professor of computer science at the University of Iowa. He's done studies of these voting machines over the years, finding, for example, that he has been able to run the very same ballots through the very same computer optical scanners and get different results each time with the same ballots through the same optical scanners. He says in a healthy democracy, elections are run with sufficient transparency that partisans of the losing candidate can convince themselves that they lost fair and square. Recounts in close elections are a necessary part of this transparency, particularly when the margin of victory is exceeded by an unusual number of ballots that were cast without reporting any vote in the election. And that's what happened. One of the things that happened in Michigan, some 75,000 undervotes votes that were reported to have no vote for president. That is almost twice the number of undervotes that we saw in the 2012 election. Uh, that's what happened in Michigan. And maybe those people chose not to vote for anybody in the presidential race. But we can't know unless we're allowed to examine the ballots. And we're not allowed to do that now. Doug Jones said Trump's fight to stop the recount only serves to fuel speculation that he has something to hide. This is not a crazy, uh, you know, guy on talk radio. This is uh, Professor Doug Jones, the associate professor of computer science at the University of Iowa. 
Mark Halverson of the uh, Citizens of Election Integrity in Minnesota said, on the basis of our research into state recount law, I take issue with the court's assertion that no court has ever endorsed the use of a recount for purposes of determining whether or not voting machines function properly and whether or not votes were counted accurately. For example, he said he cites Tennessee recount statute allows any court any court, any primary board, legislative body, or tribunal with jurisdiction over election contests to initiate a recount of ballots under circumstances including an indication of fraud or the malfunction of a voting machine, whether the malfunction would be in a sufficient amount to alter the election outcome or for any other instance in which such a body finds that a recount is warranted. California and Delaware also have similar provisions, Mark Halverson points out. Phil Stark, the associate dean of math and physical sciences and professor of statistics at the University of California, Berkeley, says this decision halts the collection of priceless evidence about how well the infrastructure of our democracy works. Counting the votes accurately and checking the count carefully should not be a partisan issue. Barbara Simons, uh, the U.S. Elections Assistance Commission Board of Advisors. She's the co-author of Broken Ballots, a book, uh, Will Your Vote Count, is subtitle, uh, among many other publications. She says Michigan citizens are fortunate to have a sound method for casting their votes. They mark paper ballots, which are then counted by computers inside of scanning machines. However, computers can have software bugs, programming errors, or election rigging malware. Fortunately, we can determine if there are any problems with the scanners by comparing what the paper ballots say to what the scanners think they say. But, she adds, if we don't look at the paper, then we can't know if the scanners are correct. We have a choice. We can honor our democracy by routinely checking computer-declared results after every election, or we can accept computer-declared results on faith, even though they may be wrong. Our democracy will fail, she says, if we continue to allow unreliable computers to decide our elections on our behalf. Some might argue our, uh, our democracy already has failed. Paul Leto, uh, who was our guest yesterday on this show, longtime election integrity advocate, former election law attorney, uh, says uh, rigging elections is the perfect crime when plaintiffs can't get evidence in time. And they can't. And that was true even when even when they were allowing them to count ballots in uh, in Michigan. Human error, including duct tape, hampered recount, reports the Detroit Free Press. Uh, for example, Gibraltar's Precinct 1 was not not recountable on Wednesday because the ballot container was improperly sealed with duct tape. MacGyver might have uh, approved, uh, of, but Wayne County recount officials didn't, uh, but Wayne County uh, recount officials did not approve noting that the, despite the tape job, it would be easy for someone to slip a hand inside. Well, that's true. Uh, but recount workers at uh, the Kobo Center uh, had no choice but to mark the precinct as recountable, even though Gibraltar City Clerk Cynthia Lair said that it was simply an issue of equipment error, of equipment failure. She said that the zipper had failed to keep the container closed, 
It had broken, and she did not have a backup container, so she and her staff grabbed some duct tape in order to fix it, but that made that precinct entirely unrecountable. No one is allowed to look at those ballots. Lair, the city clerk, said that uh, she knew it was going to make the precinct uh, not recountable, but she said that the vote tally was not compromised, so you don't need to worry. She says that these were already counted, the election officials, so no worries. No question for me, she says, that the count uh, uh, turned into the county was correct. Noting that the election day count will stand, there will be no recount, uh, they just can't. Uh, they just can't change the count by recounting it. So she's not worried. The election official is not worried. You should feel fine about that, she says. Across the state, of course, scores of precincts cannot be recounted in the state of Michigan because the number of ballots in the box does not match the number of voters in the poll book. In those cases, the certified vote tally from the canvas stands. So. Whether that certified vote tally from the canvas before the recount, whether that was right or wrong, remember, it has been uncounted by human beings. This, we're just going by the, uh, by the computer numbers. Uh, whether those were right or wrong, those will stand. So you don't need to worry. That despite, for example, Detroit, Precinct 152, only 50 ballots were found in a container that should have had more than 300 votes in it. State Elections Director Chris Thomas said he spoke with the Detroit Election Director uh, Dan Baxter, who told him that the missing ballots had been left in a bin underneath a vote tabulation machine rather than being placed into that container with the other ballots. But because the number of ballots in the poll book doesn't match the number that was in the container, even though they found all of those ballots reportedly in that tub that was left into the in, in the uh, optical scan tub after it's counted by the computer, it goes into this tub. They found the ballots, but the precinct is not recountable. And that precinct was just one of 62 precincts and absentee ballot counting locations in Detroit that were not recountable on Tuesday, just the first day of the recounting in Wayne County. Uh, the uh, state elections director said that they had similar problems in other precincts as well, but most of the errors were just a ballot or two. A ballot or two uh, wrong that, that did not match with the uh, poll books. That meant the precincts could be could not be county counted. Rochester Hills clerk Tina Barton said that two precincts in her city were deemed not recountable. Both were off by just a single ballot. A person may have been issued a ballot, uh, but then spoiled their ballot, but then decided they didn't want to vote again. They didn't want a new one. So they just threw out the spoiled ballot. And if that didn't get marked down, then that entire precinct is now unrecountable. Southfield clerk Nancy Banks said she had not been told that four precincts in her city could not be uh, recounted. Sterling Heights city clerk, Mayor, uh, city clerk Mark Caruffle said uh, that uh, the, that those those were not recountable because of a mismatch between the number of voters in the poll books and the number of ballots due to uh, what was likely a tabulator indicating a ballot error and accepting the ballot without tabulating it. So it accepted the ballot. It ticked up the number of ballots that were counted, but it didn't tabulate that ballot, and now that ballot will never be counted. Sorry, voter. Warren City Clerk Paul Wajno said that of the six precincts in his city that were mismatched, two were precincts that were re recounted by the Macomb County Board of Canvassers when they certified the election. 
Now he's waiting for information on whether the other four precincts will be allowed to be counted. Wajno said that the Board of Canvassers re-ran 12 precincts during its certification process. He said there may have been instances where the bag or the box was then tied with a new security strip with a new number that was not recorded in the poll book. So in other words, in the post-election canvas, before we even got to the recount, the canvassers may have screwed up the ballots so that they cannot be counted now. Wajno said that more than 60,000 people voted in Warren. And the, the city was off uh, 18 total votes, just 18 total votes spread over 12 of the city's 58 precincts. Ten of those precincts were off by one vote. Another was off by three votes. Uh, the last one was off by five votes. But those precincts are unrecountable, even if the court was allowing them to count those votes. And he said uh, most of the, uh, the precincts that were off by one vote was due to a test ballot, a ballot that an election worker puts into the machine to test it. But if a worker forgets to zero out the tabulator, then you're off by one, making that precinct unrecountable because it doesn't match the number of voters who signed into the poll books. He said it's kind of like you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater sometimes by not being able to count these. They said it's very frustrating. The state law in South Lyon, three of the city's four precincts were not recountable because the numbers didn't match. Clerk Lisa Deaton said that the errors were simple mistakes. The ballots that were duplicates should have been put in a duplicate ballot envelope instead. Uh, but they didn't have any envelopes, so they put them uh, into the ballot container and that threw off the count. Those precincts not recountable. Those will not be recountable, it seems, even if the Supreme Court of Michigan allows the counting to restart again. Jill Stein has uh, has filed uh, not only to have the Michigan Supreme Court start the counting again, but also to have two of the Supreme Court justices, the state Supreme Court justices, recuse themselves from this ruling because they, those two, have been named by Donald Trump as potential U.S. Supreme Court uh, justices. So they have a stake in this race that she thinks should lead to recusal. All right, one more here. In another case uh, in Michigan, a poll worker accidentally skipped a line in the poll book. That threw off the count. So if you want to know how to steal elections in Michigan, how to game elections in Michigan, people, pay close attention to the roadmap that is being drawn out for you during this uh aborted recount in the state of Michigan. Unless they change the law, man, will it be easy to uh, uh, steal an election in the state of Michigan and preclude any chance that anyone will ever find out about it. We've gotten a lot of email and a lot of comments on our coverage. Uh, thank you to those folks who have sent those in. I had hoped to get to some of those today. We're running short on time. i got to get to the Green News Report, uh, perhaps on the uh, next thrilling edition of the broadcast. Uh, but I hear you, people. Uh, drop me notes at uh, uh, at bradblog.com or on the Facebooks, on the Twitters at the Bradblog, or email me if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. All right, a quick break, and we're back with the Green News Report. Desi Doran will uh, cheer us up as usual. <laughs> I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. <laughs> Hi. 
Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast, both brought to you without corporate or political influence. Why? Because we rely on you to help keep us completely independent. Please drop by bradblog.com slash donate today and help us stay on your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com slash donate. You'll thank yourself later. I'll thank you now. Uh, Desi Doyen, is it that hard? Is it that difficult uh, for the uh, corporate media, to uh, broadcast media, to let people know what the hell is going on in these three states, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin? Why is it that I have to be the town crier? Why is it not the people with more resources, with real resources, who could really cover these states, are not out there yelling and screaming and raising holy hell about what the hell is going on in our democracy. Why is that? As I don't know. you have an answer. I know, I know you don't. Uh, and I guess we can ask the same question. Why the hell aren't they covering what, you're, what you've been covering for so long in the Green News Report? And the fact that the Arctic today is anywhere from 35 to 55 degrees warmer in the Arctic than it should be. We could go on for hours about this, but we can't because we have to get to our latest Green News report. It is hard to imagine a worse choice to have the EPA. No need to imagine. Donald Trump picks climate science denier and fossil fuel industry tool to head the EPA. They used a completely unrelated video about La Nina with my face in it. Weather Channel smacks back at right wing climate denial propaganda. It's official. Sea ice at both poles falls to stunning record lows. Plus, another pipeline spill, this one in North Dakota, not far from the Dakota Access Pipeline. Huh, go figure. All of those stories and more straight ahead from bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. If you could eliminate one government entity, what would it be and why? EPA. EPA? She took the best one. Yeah. Get rid of regulations. Yeah, because a clean and safe environment is for losers. Losers. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, uh, speaking of losers, the corporate mainstream media was telling us just a week or two ago that Donald Trump had reversed his position on climate change. Mr. Trump is also reversing his campaign positions on climate change. Yeah, not so much, CBS News. Donald Trump has nominated Oklahoma Attorney General Scott Pruitt as the new head of the Environmental Protection Agency. Pruitt is a climate science denier and ally of the fossil fuel industry who was revealed in a 2014 New York Times investigation to be secretly colluding with fossil fuel companies to attack clean air and water standards. If by colluding you mean literally copying and pasting from energy industry lobbyists in letters that were sent to the White House and the EPA. Pruitt is also the chief architect of a multi-state lawsuit to block Obama's landmark clean power plant emissions standards for power plants, a crucial mechanism for the U.S. to meet its international climate commitments and curb dangerous global warming. Here's Pruitt on March 3rd. This clean power plant that the president is advancing uh, through his EPA is all about an anti-fossil fuel strategy to shut down coal generation and fossil fuel generation and the generation of electricity. So the guy who is suing to kill the clean power plant is now going to be in charge of administering 
the clean power plan. That's right. Nice. It, it signals that Trump plans a full assault on both climate action and the pollution standards that protect public health. All those breathless reports about Trump softening his climate change denial was really just a bait and switch. And the corporate media fell for it again. And you warned us about it. Now let's see if Senate Democrats step up and block this appalling nominee from being confirmed. Meanwhile, the National Snow and Ice Data Center has officially confirmed that sea ice at both poles has plummeted to record lows for the month of November never before seen in the satellite era. An amount of sea ice the size of India has melted away. In Antarctica, new satellite photos show a growing crack in the Pine Island Glacier ice shelf that's 300 feet deep and 70 miles long, and Britain announced this week it is moving its Antarctic research station in another part of Antarctica to a safe place away from a different large crack that is growing on a different ice shelf. And all in the hottest November ever recorded on planet Earth. Meanwhile, in North Dakota, a new significant pipeline spill into a creek that feeds the Little Missouri River near the tiny town of Belfield in West North Dakota. That's about 200 miles from the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe's protest against the Dakota Access Pipeline. No word yet on the size of this newest oil pipeline spill, but officials say crews are now on scene trying to contain it. Wow. The pipeline company has reported 10 spills in the last six years. North Dakota averages four significant pipeline spills a year that have cost more than $40 million in property damage since 1996. But otherwise, Donald Trump has said he supports building that pipeline against the objections of the Standing Rock Sioux, whose water supply would be poisoned if this happened just 200 miles down the road. In Montana, the long-lasting legacy of toxic waste from copper mining killed several thousand migrating snow geese this week. The geese died after landing in a snowstorm on the toxic water of an old open-pit copper mine. Workers tried but failed to scare away the massive flock before the acute toxicity killed them, leaving what one worker called 700 acres of dead white birds. Man, you're nothing but good news today. You're welcome. Finally, the Weather Channel is smacking Breitbart.com this week for spreading climate denial propaganda. Quote, note to Breitbart, Earth is not cooling, climate change is real, and please stop using our video to mislead Americans. Weather Channel meteorologist Kate Parker excoriated Breitbart.com for using her video to peddle false climate claims. They used a completely unrelated video about La Nina with my face in it to attempt to back their point. Now, what's worse is that the U.S. Committee on Space Science and Technology actually tweeted it out. Here's the thing. Science doesn't care about your opinion. Cherry-picking and twisting the facts will not change the future, nor the fact, note fact, not opinion, that the Earth is warming. Actually, cherry-picking the facts has changed the future. Welcome to it. For much more on these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your... Green News Report. Oh, brother. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download it anytime and share it for free at bradblog.com or your favorite podcast site like iTunes. Thanks to those of you who have stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to help us continue to do what it is we do here on the Bradcast every day. 
And uh, you can drop me an email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. America, join us in raising holy hell. Someone's got to. All right, until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. <laughs>